Hello, welcome to episode three of our Everyday Being podcast. We're delighted that you've taken the time again today to join us. Um, I'm Gareth, and this is Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello. How are you? Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Things well with you? Yeah, really good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah, really good. Good. This, as I said, is the third episode. If you are coming to us brand new, we would encourage you to go back to episode one and do it in chronological order. We think there's some real value for that. Um, if you've been to episode one and heard our overview and our introduction, if you've spent some time in episode two where we talked about doing and being, uh, we think you'll be in a brilliant place to join us in episode three where we're going to be talking about inside out versus outside in. I nearly got that mixed up in the wrong way around there, there. Uh, which actually is one of my favorite topics. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm really honest, this is this is the one that I, I get really, really excited about and I get excited about most things, but this this one, I'm really looking forward to, to it. So thank you for again, taking the time to join us. Thank you for taking the time for, for you. Um, as a reminder, the Everyday Being podcast, what we're trying to do is we are bringing to life how a change in our understanding about how we live and how we think in really simple, everyday, common ways can have a really big impact and improvement on our well-being and on our happiness. That's what we're really trying to focus in on. If, as you listen to this, you've got any comments, you've got any questions, please do get in touch. We absolutely want to hear from, from you and it and it really gives us tremendous pleasure if, if we do. Uh, our email address is hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. Um, and I am really pleased to say that we are starting to get some questions and comments in. Uh, so this week, for the first time, actually, we have got some listener questions and comments. What we thought we would do before we go into our inside out, outside in discussion is that we just have one question or comment and then we'll do one at the end as well. Uh, so this question, Steve, comes from Suzanne. Suzanne, thank you very much for listening and thank you so much for getting in touch. Uh, and she's made a comment that I think is really interesting, uh, having listened to episode two. And she says, the last episode made me reflect on my own sense of being and how my doing seems to mainly win, apart from the odd brief moments of clarity when I allow the wisdom to come. Uh, so... Uh, what I took from from that comment was that she that between being and doing, as we were talking about last week, doing is the dominant force, but with the occasional presence of of being. Steve, what's your what's your reaction to that comment? Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's interesting actually because I think, uh, well, thanks Suzanne for the question. It's really useful to get a question. Um, I suppose the first point is that it's really useful that that you notice that Suzanne because that's in effect something that we're sort of pointing to that there is that awareness that enables us to um, uh, be able to sort of observe and stand back from our experience so that I think is really important to to understand because I think sometimes we sort of I think we mentioned last time we can sort of skip through that I suppose what we're also saying is actually rather than um, try and create a, a sort of duality between being and doing 
it's really to see that they're they're sort of inextricably linked. So I think in some ways, rather than feeling like, well, being's good and doing's bad potentially, it's perhaps also more helpful perhaps to look at it as to, well, what we do is a reflection of who we're being because there's a sort of direct relationship really. There isn't a sort of a separation. So I think at times it's helpful to be able to step back and go, yeah, okay, I can notice I get caught up in my doing, for example, as, as, as Suzanne mentioned, and then say, well, what's that telling me about who I'm being in that situation? So it can act as a sort of, um, you know, a curiosity really, to be able to sort of stand back from our experience and start to explore, well, in certain situations, you know, am I turning up and being who I want to be? in that relationship or in that particular meeting or circumstance? Um, am I am I coming from the place that feels like it's a, it's enabling me to be the most effective person in that in that situation? So I think that's that's one aspect of it. I thought the other point she mentioned about, you know, I think she said about allowing the wisdom to come is a really good point because <clears throat> I suppose what we are saying is it's always there. There is always access to fresh thought. I, I suspect a lot of the time in our life, we we sort of get caught in our doing because it's so helpful. A lot of the, our life, we, we're, just, we're just doing what we need to do and it's on, we're on automatic pilot. And there's a really, there's a real value to that. You know, if you're driving a very yeah. familiar journey, you don't want to be thinking about it. You just want to be, sort of just doing it and sort of doing it very sort of naturally. But I suppose it's really in those situations where perhaps it's a new situation or a particularly challenging situation where actually then it's more helpful just to, to have that ability to drop back into being. And it's only when we, we sort of do that and our mind slows down that that, fresh thinking fresh perspective and insight is more likely you know is more likely to come so i think yeah. it's helpful to see it's always there <clears throat> it's just that sometimes we we sort of get in the way of it and sometimes we get in the way of it because we're just busy doing and sometimes i think mm. we get in the way of it because we just get caught up in our thinking and that internal dialogue that never seems to stop <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes just blocks it i think so that would be my sort of sense how about for you, Gareth? Is there anything that sort of struck you? Yeah, I um, I think there's two things for me. One is, Suzanne, you are absolutely not alone. I I think, you know, you and I, Steve, I've, I've loads of times and situations where that is absolutely true as well. So, you know, I, I think just just because we're talking about it and we're trying to help others and we're trying to communicate and we're trying to get you know community doesn't mean that we are you know kind of living walking experts that don't have these experiences so 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 those things are, are true for us as as well um and i think the second thing is i wouldn't I, I don't think i'd see it as any kind of negative that one's winning and one's losing actually i'd i'd probably be be celebrating that there are these moments where wisdom comes i think i think that's a fantastic thing and i think you know more occasions or better occasions or, or you know whatever that that might be where 
you can come from that state of being which creates as all those things you just described steve i i think that's a fantastic place to be so i probably wouldn't be stuck in winning and losing and i'd be certainly celebrating that the, the, there are these wonderful moments suzanne where where wisdom comes to you yeah absolutely so thank you for getting in, getting in touch. Yeah, we, we, we genuinely like it. And it totally takes us in different uh, directions and hopefully that you, know, w w you get something from that. So let's go deep into our into our topic uh, today. Let's talk about inside out and outside in. Um, Steve, kick us off. Give us a bit of a sort of, uh, you know, some some initial thoughts and overview um, and maybe an everyday example then that, that we can sort of go deep on and, and, and think about. Yeah, okay, so we'll do. So this is just a, yeah, we're trying to sort of present an overview here of um, inside out versus outside in. Um, and it's just a way of, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about in this podcast is is trying to sort of describe what's behind our experience. So again, this is a, this is a description. It's not the absolute truth. It's a description. It's sort of pointing to something. And I suppose what it's pointing to is that in our life, there's probably times in our life for all of us where we know that certain situations, perhaps, or certain people often is, is a good one, that there are times yeah. when we know, yeah, I sort of know it's a, that's about me, you know, something about my thinking about that situational person, the feelings, the emotions, maybe the history I've had with them that, that seems to be creating the experience I, I have. So some people would say, yeah, I sort of know it's it's inside out in a sense. I know it's something to go on with me and the way I'm turning up to that. And then I think for most of us, we would also say there are times when, no, this looks like circumstances. This looks like when this situation happens or when this person does or says this, that's what's creating my experience, uh, which is more outside in. Um, so I think for most of us, you know, we have that sort of uh, mixed understanding of that. I think sometimes if people are really struggling or often sort of really sort of unhealthy or really sort of struggling with their life, they can get into a really bad situation of feeling like it's all outside in, which then you feel a real victim of because you're constantly being buffeted by the conditions that you're experiencing. It's like being a you know, like on a boat with no rudder in a sense, because you're just being bashed around. So that's a very sort of unhealthy place to be. Um, mm. And, <clears throat> you know, I, and to go back to your earlier point, Gareth, about we're not trying to say we, we've we we've got, we, um, we do this and we do it, you know, 100% of the time. Yeah, if I'm honest, you go through life and probably 90, 90 I don't know what it is, not probably 99% of the time, you're going through life and it feels like you're constantly being affected by what's going on around you. Um, and I suppose what we're saying is, well, actually, when you step back and try and understand what's behind our experience, you start to test out whether, is it a mixed? Is it mixed? Is it inside out or outside in? Or is it sort of a mixture of those? And I think what we're saying is, well, actually, it is inside out because that's a very sort of strong principle that <clears throat> the experience we're having is an experience of our mind. And the way that the mind, the currency of the mind is the, is the thinking we have. So actually, when you really step back from it, 
we are having an inside out experience because what's going on in our mind, the thinking we have and how that then creates our feelings and our emotions is is a is a principle a bit like gravity um, or germ theory. It's saying, no, it's a it's a principle that's a description and it's it's either true or it's not. And if it's not true, yeah. then it's just a concept, which is sort of less, less helpful. Um, and sometimes it's it difficult to, you know, to say, to, to see that because our thinking and our mind works so fast and it's an ever present aspect of our experience. It, it, it doesn't look like it's sort of creating what we're experiencing. But I suppose we get little glimpses that that it that it is. And I suppose <clears throat> so a few of the glimpses might be some days someone does or said something and we it enrages us and mm-hmm. we get completely consumed by it, take it personally, get upset, whatever, whatever the emotion is. You can literally have exactly the same thing happen the next day or the following week or whatever. And it's like water off a duck's back. It's just like you don't take it personally. The same thing happened, but because of maybe the the state you're in at that time, it literally doesn't affect you. So if it <clears throat> so if it was if our experience truly was outside in, then the same experience would affect us in the same way all the time. There'd be a there'd be a consistency to it. And we sort of know that's not true, even for us. And also you see then within different individuals get affected by certain circumstances in very different ways. So <clears throat> that that's a sort of a pointer to it. I guess the other pointer for me is that when, when we do have something that um, really upsets us, like I was thinking about this, when I've been upset with someone, say I've been upset with someone I work with, I find quite difficult, you know, to work with. You, what what I realised as I, I sort of came across more of this understanding was that there would be times, I remember being out on a walk once and I was thinking through this situation with this person and in a really bad frame of mind about the whole thing. <clears throat> and... um. And I sort of came out into this big clearing and I thought, and it was lovely. It's a beautiful sort of landscape. And I thought, oh my God, she is not even, not even in the same county as that I'm in now. (laughs) So if it was truly that person that was really bothering me, well, surely they would have to be here. And the fact that they're not, and they're not, they were like a hundred plus miles away. Sort of that really struck me as wow, that that must be my mind. That must be something in me that is sort of creating that experience. And you had that thought in that moment. Yeah, in that moment. That was a real sort of oh. realization. Yeah. And then of course, as you start to think about it more, you you sort of realize. Yeah, you know, there's been plenty of people I found quite difficult, quite frustrating to deal with or whatever. You know, I've had a sort of long career. And it's amazing. You know, some of those don't, it doesn't change much. But there's a good number where they do, actually. You sort of realise that 
quite often I had a boss who was really, really quite difficult. And I sort of, one of my insights was that it was because of my expectations of who a boss yeah. should be and how a boss should be. That that was my experience. And it was because I was, there was a mismatch between who I who I thought this person should be and how they actually were. And once I saw that, it didn't mean that they were still quite challenging to work for. Um, I mean, ironically, I probably learned as much from that person as I learned from a very yeah. supportive boss that I'd had before. So sort of, you know, life knew what it was doing because it was forcing me to be more sort of independent. I guess it gave me a real insight into, yeah, that's that's you. That's your thinking about that person, the expectations, the beliefs you have about a boss and the mismatches, the, the gap between that and what you're experiencing. And of course, what it was really helpful to see, yeah, if I change my thinking, if I saw that, my own expectations, it sort of freed me up in a way to <clears throat> to respond to that person in, in a different way and take not feel a victim, yeah. take sort of more ownership of it. Um, yeah, and then I've got a more personal one, which I'll come on to in a minute, maybe. But um, okay, yeah. Was there any thoughts? Any thoughts from you then, Gareth, on any of that, or to to add to that, or build on that at all from your perspective? Yeah, I, 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 actually, what came to mind is one of the situations I was in when we we first met over ten ten years ago. I, I had a really, I'd, I had a succession of difficult bosses. Um. And I was finding it really difficult to find my voice um, with these people. Um, and it was causing me an awful amount of stress. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't sleeping. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, it was in, impacting me and impacting my, my, my family. I, I would say it was sort of definitely stress rather than depression depression but i you know i'd say it was that and one of the one of the things i couldn't do is i couldn't i was frequently disagreeing in my head with these people um but actually i couldn't i couldn't have the difficult conversation because i was trying to live outside in and trying to find a way of well this person will like me and i'll have a better time of it if i if i just agree with them all the time if i'm just a nice guy i'm an easy guy to, to deal with um and i i was absolutely stuck in outside in in living um and it was only through uh, you know our you, you know your your wonderful you know helping and guidance and, and helping me to see things differently to see that if i came from a place where i was going to be in inside out just to keep keep on our theme that i would that i would share my views and if they were different to 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 what it was from these people i was all right with that um i didn't i didn't label stuff like our book of law and say right i need to have a difficult conversation or i need to have a challenging you know i i just I just had conversations of things that i truly truly believed and you know look it it, it was o over time but the, but it has enabled me to you know, the, the stress certainly went went away because I was developing a different relationship with 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 the boss because actually they was beginning to a see me in a different light, but but the powerful thing was I was seeing my thinking in a, in a totally different way and actually I was not um, putting my 
well-being or my happiness or my performance or whatever based on what that individual thought so i wasn't living on my you know i will be happy if that person thinks that of of me um and i and i certainly think that's one of the sort of the the, the key things within inside out versus outside in is that notion of you know i will be happy when x happens so you know i i have that partner or i have that nice you know uh dress or nice nice clothing or a pair of shoes or you know i i will lose weight you know that the, the, these other things need to happen in order to create the happiness when we're in and i guess what we're we're encouraging is that different view to say no no that happiness is there it's it's mm. always present it's it's our thinking it's our expectations as you've already brilliantly said that flip this this thinking and say no no i'll only create it if these things if these things happen yeah that's what the simplicity of of inside out living is is it just because allow you to come back to that state that's always been there of well-being of happiness of joy and not being reliant on what somebody thinks of you or the way that somebody's treat treating you yes yeah absolutely and I think you know what you're then pointing to I think is also that um you know this isn't then saying oh there aren't difficult circumstances there aren't difficult people there aren't challenges in life it's saying well no that's the that's the nature of life and we're not trying to suggest that that's not true and that if you just change your thinking all your problems go away and you never have difficult people to deal with if only that was true um There'd yeah. be no growth. That'd be the that would be the downside of it. So this isn't saying that. This is saying, well, it's really useful if if I know <clears throat> that the way I'm experiencing this is an experience in my own mind, and based on the thinking that I have, it doesn't mean we're not saying you therefore control your mind and you control your thinking and you control your feelings. It's not saying that. But it's saying well, that's a useful thing to know, because at times when we do get perhaps caught up in a, in a circumstance, get caught up in a particular situation, it sort of enables us to realise and notice what's going on in our own mind, what's going on in our own thinking, so that we've, we've got a sort of an opportunity to sort of step back from it. And a bit like Suzanne was saying with her question, really is there's an opportunity for us just to be coming from a different place. And I think the value of that <clears throat> is that if you are dealing with something that's quite tricky and difficult, if you're coming at that from a quieter mind, then you're more, more likely to be more effective. So the quality of your engagement sort of goes up. So that if yeah. you have to have a difficult conversation, for example, you're more likely to have that if your mind is in the if you're in the right frame of mind to be able to have yes. that sort of conversation and i think you know one of the things i guess <clears throat> is useful to notice is just how quickly our, our our state can shift i think that's often the thing that people don't understand is that quite often you can be in a situation where you're really caught up in your thinking and you're in a poor state of mind and just how quickly that can that can change. I mean, literally in a second. Um, you know, Sydney Banks, who we'll sort of mention in a moment, said, you know, one thought can change everything. 
was that yes. sense that sometimes if we just have a slight, if we have a different thought, or even if we just sometimes just step away from our thinking, even that itself then starts to just shift the way that we're perhaps perceiving a particular situation that we're. And I think, again, I, we'd encourage everyone to really think about that. I think everyone will have had that experience of <clears throat> a situation that looked impossible or overwhelming, and and then it shifted, something happened. Now, that doesn't mean it happens all the time. It doesn't always happen when we want it to. But I think when we notice that that does happen, then that's pointing to a possibility that's that's sort of available for all of us. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was just going to mention the, <clears throat> that, you know, when I first sort of came across this, I'd always been a sort of searcher for a long time, but it was probably around 12 years or so ago. And I was, I was um, not in a good, not in a good way, really. I was, I, I was feeling quite depressed and it lasted it for about sort of nine months. So it was a, it was a long time. I hadn't, you know, it had, <clears throat> I'd had little moments where I popped out of it, but it, but that was my general state really. Um, and and the and the part of the pro problem was there was nothing in my life that was wrong actually. So you know, um, uh, my relate my relationship, my wife was good, the kids were all doing fine. Um, I was sort of working independently. That that was going really well. So in a way, I, I couldn't look at it outside in because I looked at my life and thought, gosh, it's not like I can say I've just been, I don't know, made redundant or something or a relationship has just collapsed or I've experienced a, you know, something that might cause you to feel depressed. So, of course, that's quite disconcerting because you can't find an answer. And I was trying to find the answer and I was searching various things and trying to do various things. I knew, you know, I knew a lot of the theory of, you know about mental health and so on and, and what to do but none of it was really would endure or would really work um and it you know it's got to a point where <clears throat> you know I, I was researching sort of to, to escape sort of methods of suicide and even found an area that I, I thought like you know I, I could I could do that and, and sort of um you know would even been planning when I would sort of do so that's how so I know when I work with people that are depressed I know how all-consuming it is and you know you just you do close down you become quite selfish actually not because you just become very self-absorbed and you sort of lose contact with physically you often lose contact with your body you lose contact with the people around you um and um, and you lose sort of contact with yourself um even you know my son had passed some exams and I couldn't even go out to celebrate that um which I've always felt guilt actually that come to mind recently I felt so guilty I'd, I said to him the other day I, I want to I need to take you and his girlfriend out I said I want to take you and your girlfriend out for a meal because I said I always felt really guilty about that I was so in such a bad way I couldn't even do that then and he was very kind in saying you know you don't need to do that you've done so much more you've done so much for me since but it's like no but that's a that's what you do you end up doing things that just that you often sort of regret and, and guilt is often sort of part of it <clears throat> but what really helped me well there were two things really helped me one 
actually my wife I think partly saved me really in in how she was um and particularly one night when I was in a really sort of bad way she'd she'd gone to bed and um and I was sort of downstairs on my own and I wasn't in it and she kept and she came and got me and sort of took me to bed so that was that night was um a really important thing to happen um and then I came across the the Sydney Banks I mentioned, which was the the three principles, which is sort of where yeah. I first had that conversation. Um, and what Sid was pointing to was that that really describing the inside out understanding. He was saying that um, people he'd had a very powerful experience, an enlightening experience, I suppose, in his own life, and then he was trying to articulate what he'd seen and what he'd understood because he was someone who's an everyday he was an everyday man you yeah. know, he, was a, he was a welder yeah. he wasn't wasn't a psychologist wasn't into spiritual stuff you know wasn't into any of that this has just yeah. happened to him in his sort of 40s and the thing that really struck me is he said the thing you're looking for is inside he said that's why people say look within for the answer because what he was what he'd seen was that his was about insecurity that his insecurity was just his thinking in effect is the insight the huge insight he sort of had but it wasn't just a mental insight it was a complete realization of something and so he said and i realized oh my god all my life well since my sort of late teens i've been looking for the answer out there so i've done lots of things to explore that from you know, also NLP and hypnotherapy, all sorts of things to explore, which had all been really helpful. But I realized that what he was fundamentally saying is, no, you will not find it out there because it's something that you have within. And he would talk a bit, some examples of that. And of course, one of the things I really noticed was that there were times in my day, you know, particularly if I was working with individuals, I was working sort of one-to-one with people, where the time I was with them, I wouldn't be depressed. And I hadn't really noticed that before. Because what the other thing he was saying is actually our experience sort of ebbs and flows a lot more than we realize. And of course, I, I hadn't sort of noticed, often when you're depressed, you don't notice those moments where you're not, you know, um, and I've, you know, I've worked with lots of people that are depressed that when I describe my own experience and that that insight about those moments, people often say, oh, yeah, actually, now you say it, there are moments where it where it sort of shifts. And that's really helpful because it shows people what's possible. And we can then explore what what is it? What happens then? And of course, for me, when it when I was with someone I wasn't thinking about myself. <laughs> so when I was with someone, I was so absorbed in them and what they were talking about and whatever the challenge was they were facing that I wasn't thinking about myself. And um, and at that moment, my depression lifted, literally lifted without me even realising it. And of course, because I'd done nothing to shift it, I hadn't noticed it because it hadn't taken any effort. It wasn't like something I sort of deliberately planned. And so that that realisation of that 
was the thing that really then got me through that that period of depression just to it just enough it sort of opened the door in a way you know and I'd I could sort of start to sort of see that part of my 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 real challenge actually was that I was looking for something I was looking for happiness fulfillment um and that sense of you know the the opposite of depression in a way I was looking for it out there and what this was saying is no no you you won't find it out there you'll find it in here and it's already there in a way what he was describing is it's part of our being it's part of who we are and we we veil it in the way that we relate to our thinking and the way that then that translates into our feelings and sort of translates into our emotions and you know i had a real i had a real experience of that i sort of saw the truth of that sort of in my own in my own experience and then as i explored more and more in that direction which is in a way what we're doing with this is you start to sort of realize more and more that the, the sort of truth of that i mean thank you for, for for sharing such a you know such an important um and you know really difficult time in your life steve um mm. How do, how do you look back on that now? Um, I mean, it's interesting that the, the the guilt thing, I think, probably came up more as I was thinking about this, what we were doing. And, you know, we've been thinking yeah. about the everyday examples and our own experience. So, you know, literally that had been on my mind about my son for example for, for what it popped it come in at different and I, I literally just done something about it so we, we are taking him and his girlfriend out in December actually so we are that's one so in some ways it's it, and, and, it's and, and this to, is many years Steve isn't it I, oh just, gosh just yeah this is, we're, we're talking 12 years ago yeah yeah this is yeah, 12, okay. this is yeah, 12 yeah, years yeah, so yeah so in gosh. some respects um yeah so I've been able to sort that go back and hopefully do some sort of wow. resolution of that i suppose in a way Garrett, and it, sorry i let me sorry just, I, I know you want to say something about it yeah. i wonder what is, is some of our conversation what why after all this time has that been something you've thought about now well i it, i think it's one of those things i always felt guilty about but i sort of buried a little bit really because it was just yeah. a, 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 you know it was a really bad time um yeah, yeah and I, I i think probably just as talking about this um i i think it did come up in a conversation in the family as we as i was talking about doing these podcasts and so i think it just yeah it just sort of bubbled more to the to the surface and i think one of the one of the helpful aspects of thinking about who you want to be is is sort of saying well you know we're often not who we want to be all the time no one is but the value of that is you sort of see where there's times when you're not and some of that might be in the short term you know a conversation you have with someone and you thought oh, I wasn't quite that didn't go as I wanted I, I didn't turn up to that as I wanted to be you can go and sort of sort it out but I think you can also do it like this sort of historically go back and think okay 
is there something I want to have I got an opportunity to put that right you know put that right now mm. so I think that so that's helpful um I think <clears throat> you know it seems to me that that life has to be difficult and challenging otherwise there's no growth so so I I think sometimes you sort of realize that we perhaps get that wrong because we think we should we should be able to get on top of life and I just don't think that is realistic because the nature of life is challenge and difficulty and you know ups and downs and things that go wrong and so on and the reality is we're not in control we're really not in control of life so I think a lot of what we're pointing to is I think of it more as a compass is it is it is it useful to have something that can guide you through that and recognize that yeah of course at times when you're caught up in things and um you might feel stressed about something or you might go through a period where you're struggling you know feeling a bit depressed about something or or experiencing anxiety or any sort of mental health issue but i think what that really sort of helped me to see was that you know mental health was where i was not who i was and i know that's sometimes really difficult and i think that's some of the things i I think are less helpful when, 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 when people are labelled, it can feel like it's quite fixed. And yeah, I'm not saying that sometimes people need ongoing support, perhaps for, for things they, that they might be struggling with. But I've certainly with individuals I've worked with, when I point out, you know, my own experience and we, we sort of explore that in their experience, it's so hopeful to for, for someone to see oh my god yeah you know I had someone it was an older person who came to see me who created a really successful business so he said money's not an issue for me he had like 200 properties they're all paid off so he wow. said so money's not right. an issue he said but but he said I've been depressed for a year it's really bad he was in his 70s said it's really bad I cannot I cannot get out of it and I was sharing about well you can't be de- in effect saying look Yes, that might be like for me, my nine months felt like I was depressed for nine months. But the reality was that wasn't strictly true. There were there was more variation in that than I noticed. And of course, when I explored it with him, he said, well, actually, yeah, you're right. Last night I wasn't depressed. I said, oh, what was going on? And he talked about something he'd gone to where he'd met people he'd known for years and it was to do something with the community so he said, oh, my God, yeah, now you say it. Yeah, for the two hours I was there, I wasn't I wasn't depressed. So so it didn't mean that there weren't more things we need to do to, to explore and get behind that. But just to offer that possibility of, oh, there is there is hope that I can get through this, because often like with depression, like the reason I was researching suicide so much was because you just want to escape the pain of it. And you feel hopeless, literally. There's just no hope because you can't. You, you, you're thinking a lot about yourself. That's why you become yeah. quite selfish. Not that you're be. You want to be selfish. I don't mean it in that 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 way. I mean it in the sense of you become self-centered because you're trying to get yourself out of the the, the position that you're in. 
But what you don't realize is that the problem is the thinking you have, the quality of the thinking you have is so poor. And often you've got a lot of it, a lot of worries and concerns and, you know, insecurities and, and so on. And sometimes just the expectation that you shouldn't be in that place. And, you know, so, you know, when you meet someone who's really struggling with their mental health, um, you, uh, sorry, my phone's just really unhelpful. Um, when someone's really struggling, you, you, that they've always got a lot on their mind, like I did. Yeah. You know, because yeah. innocently, you're trying to get yourself out of it and not realizing that because it's the thinking that's the problem, there's two problems really. One is that, that you've got too much thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because you've got too much thinking, you know, anyone with a busy mind, tend, that tends to lower their state of mind. So it's our thinking that creates our state of mind. So we end up in a lower state of mind or a lower mood. And of course, the quality of the thinking reflects our mood, reflects our state of mind. You know, so when we're, for all of us, when we're really caught up in something, um, we're we're in a low state of mind and the thinking is the problem is the, the, the source of the problem and so the more you think about it the more fuel you pour on on that fire unfortunately so it's not until you can stand back from your thinking or I think sometimes if you're in a situation like I was or like that chap was where he wasn't thinking about himself and he was just engaging with the people he was with. Of course, his mind, his thinking slowed down mm. and there was less of it. He was much more present. You know, when he spoke about it, you could see he was just much more present, much more sort of engaged, much more in his being. And of course, for that moment, for that two hours, his depression lifted. And like I said, it doesn't mean that, that there's not more work to be done to, to, to make that... Um, you know, make that stick for the person, but the, the, yeah. the fact that it they can have that in their own experience, um, I think is in, is incredibly powerful. So I think one of that's one of the things I really learned was that you know mental health is where you are, not who you are, and that your sense of happiness, fulfillment, and so on, or mental health is something that's that's innate that it, it comes from within. That's why a lot of the wisdom traditions say, look within for the answer. I mean, there's, it's very common yeah, yeah. different spiritual, yeah. different spiritual perspectives. And that's why people like, you know, Sid would point to that more, more recently, someone like Eckhart Tolle saying the power of now, you know, that when you're in the now, then your, um, your mind is sort of quiet and then you're, you live in well-being. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 interesting. And one thing that came to, to mind was what you, I think you said in one of our previous episodes about all we have is the now. Yeah, the, the, the past, we can't do anything about that. And the future is, is unwritten and we're not in control of it. So all we can do is be in, in the now. Um, it is it is interesting the meal with your son isn't it how that is something that is in, of the past and i look i know it's something that it sounds really really important 
um and, and wonderful well, you know i think it's a lovely thing to, to to be doing and think about despite it being such an awfully sort of sad moment that you're thinking back of but it but it, but in many ways it's kind of sort of a little bit counter to what we're sort of talking about isn't it that actually you want to do something in the future because of something that you've been i think you said guilt didn't you you said you got some tremendous guilt about that yeah and and actually in in, in many ways we're probably that's probably a good example where we're saying one thing, but sometimes we do something else, isn't it? Because actually we say, look, that's that's gone. There's nothing you can you can no. do about that and worry about that. But that's something actually that that you still, you know, have carried around to a greater or lesser extent and actually want to do something about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think <clears throat> um you know, it's a good point, really, that that what we're offering is not a prescription. So in a way, and I think it's a really important point, it's we're we're not saying how you should how you should live your life, what you should do. Um you know, <laughs> I don't know, if you drink beer, we're not telling you what brand of beer you should drink if you choose to drink beer. And if you don't choose to drink beer, we're not telling that that's right or wrong either. You know, so I think it's such an important point because what this is saying is, well, if if our being is who we really are, that that part of us that's having an experience that sort of that I think you know to go back to Suzanne's question about the, when the wisdom shows up, it's like saying, well, where where is that wisdom? Well, that wisdom I think is because we're connected to that intelligence, the intelligence energy that sits behind life. So the intelligent energy that sits behind life that creates everything that we experience. And we're part of that creation. So in a way, that's yeah. why physicists, I think, would say it's all energy. It's all energy and everything is connected to everything. So I think if that's true and we are all connected to that, then if why being is so important is because if you being puts you more in touch with that energy and therefore it's it's greater than you it's greater than your set my sense of steve it's something that's different to that and and i don't know what that will tell me to do but if i tune into it then i notice that i a lot of the things i'm doing in my life i'm doing but it doesn't feel like there's a doer as as much there is yeah. sometimes but but it's amazing that you sort of start to notice the being and the doing how much even like a stupid thing like when am I going to get out of bed you know so if my alarm goes off I've sometimes done this little thought experiment to go who is it that decides actually when I actually get up <laughs> my alarm's off. I know I'm going to get up You're right. but but the actual act of getting up when does it and and you can sit there sometimes thinking, right, now I'm going to go now. And then you don't. And then and then the number of times I'm up and I'm thinking, oh, my God, who who decided that? When did I decide that? <laughs> and or, or, you know, when I'm walking, I think, do I get do I, if there's a path that you can take two different sort of slight different ways. And even now, when often I come up to that, I'm thinking, right, who decides right or left? And it's like. You know, and in a way I could go, well, consciously, right, I'm going to go right and I force myself. But like often I'll notice some days I go right, some days I go left. And it's like, I think more 
we connect to our being, doing gets done, but there's not a doer. Thinking happens, and there's, but there's not a thinker. Because so much, I think, of our thinking, the reason we don't control it is because it flows, because there's a natural flow, because it was, it was designed to help us in our moment-to-moment -moment experience. And yeah. that's, and when you, when you look at that, you, you realize the truth of that. You realize that, yeah, my thinking constantly sort of comes and goes. My emotions come and go. My feelings come and go. And sometimes I think where we get caught up, like with, like with my depression was I got caught up because I got caught in a lot of that thinking and then overthinking and, you know, expectations and judgment and all sorts of, you know, unhelpful ways that I was engaging with all of that. I lost that flow. And I, but I saw that flow when I was with another person, when I was with another person, I was back in the flow of it. So it was always there. It's just sometimes we, we sort of innocently and unintentionally sort of get in the way of it in effect and sort of get yeah. caught up. And it's really easy to get, really easy to get caught up. Um, the reason we've we've created the Everyday Being podcast um, is very much focused on on well being, on happiness, on on mental health. Um, Steve and I made a conscious decision that we want to be absolutely open and and share the experiences that we've we've had, um, uh, in in the hope that that can be a way of connecting or bringing to life or creating empathy um for you as, as a listener to you know that hopefully it will work for you um we don't do it like lightly um and we are conscious uh, i do apologize if if anything that you've heard us talk about today actually has, has affected or triggered you in 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 some way so we do apologize for that um um i think it would be remiss of, of us not to not to say that yeah um We had a listener question at the start, Steve. I thought it'd be fantastic if we could end with a, another one as well. Mm. Um, and our second question uh, for for this this episode comes from Grace. Uh, Grace, hello. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you for taking the, the time to send in, in a question, which I think is brilliantly um, appropriate for for today, given where we've gone to. And, and Grace asks us, "How do you control your feelings and?" Th thoughts to stop it overwhelming you what would you say to grace steve i mean it's such a good question i think that comes up a lot um and i suppose what we're what we're really pointing to is that that because we don't control our thoughts and feelings so so thoughts and feelings are sort of inextricably linked really that they're, they're sort of flip sides of the same coin so uh um so often we live in the feeling of our thinking in a sense but often yeah. it's the we don't know what the thinking is because a lot of thinking is unconscious so the feelings in a way are really quite a powerful part of the design because they're like a barometer in a sense and they're they're very honest you know if you're 
if you're feeling angry you've definitely got angry thoughts if you're feeling upset you've got upset thoughts if you're feeling stressed you've got stressful thoughts so there's this direct relationship so our feelings are a really useful thing to tune into because they give you a very honest and unambiguous perspective on what's going on in your mind and I suppose what we're saying is so that's useful to understand that relationship but also that I've never seen anything anywhere where where people someone is saying even someone like a Sydney Banks who's clearly had a very powerful enlightening experience or someone like an Eckhart Tolle they're not saying oh and therefore I control all my thoughts and feelings they're really not they're really not saying that what they're saying is that they've seen the nature of their thoughts and feelings and therefore they can relate to their thoughts and feelings from a from a different perspective so that's really helpful to see so that we can have a we can have certain thoughts and feelings but the more we're able to step into being they don't have us in a sense so that sense of overwhelm we can have something that can observe that so it goes back to the i am i am overwhelmed it's like what what what's the I am that can observe the fact that you're feeling overwhelmed? And in a way, that's yeah. what we're pointing to as, as sort of part of sort of being, coming at it from sort of being. So in a way, I think where we prob part of the problem I see with people I work with is they are trying to control their thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And yes. That inadvertently becomes part of the problem because what you realize yeah, yeah, is yeah. they do pass through. And so it's a really good question. And I encourage yes. Grace to just notice because what yes. everyone will have experience of situations where they just let a thought or feeling go without even realizing it. And it might be like something as really mundane as you're in a meeting, like a really important meeting with your, I don't know, your, your best customer or your boss or whatever. And you just have this random thought about, yeah, what should I, what should I cook for dinner tonight? Because, you know, it'd be nice to have whatever, you know. But you often, you catch that. I mean, sometimes you don't catch it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but invariably, all of us will have probably had times where a thought or a feeling comes and we just go, no, it's not appropriate. And without even realising it, it's not even like an iPad where you swipe it left or right. It's literally, you just you just let it go. And I think that's what we're pointing to is that because thoughts and feelings come and go, then to hold on to a thought or a feeling is actually quite difficult. You have to put more effort into it. And sometimes yes. the effort we put into it is inadvertently trying to get rid of it, interestingly, rather than just allowing it to, to sort of pass on through. And that's like, I think... You know, like I was saying with the with mental health is is yeah, sometimes people need real support around that. But the more they start to notice there's an ebb and a flow, then it offers real hope and possibility of yeah, can can I get back to a healthier, can I get back to a healthier state? Yeah. How about you? Does does that yeah well i'm i'm the same i'll say it in less words <laughs> but say the same thing of uh grace you can't control it um uh none, none of us absolutely can um 
and I would echo what you said about if there is if there is something to do, although we're not advocating doing, it's it's to notice. Um, and what I can promise, because I genuinely believe it, Grace, is that actually that that process will impact the overwhelming. So I think you can. I think you, you can, in my belief have a real have a have a real impact on the overwhelming but what what you can't do is control yeah and i think just the final thought just come up from what you said was that um that the reason it's useful to to explore an inside out versus outside in is because if you're outside in what that encourages is that then life should unfold in a certain way. This is fair, that's not fair, this is right, that's wrong, and so on. Whereas when you're inside out, you realise, well, look, I'm not in control of all of that. So therefore, you have less thinking that it should be different. Now, in a way, then people go, well, so, oh, so I, I'm just the doormat then, you know, anyone can treat me in any way. It's like, no, no, I'm not saying that at all. It doesn't mean that you no. can't express yourself in the world. And, you know, we have laws and morals that you can and you can stand up for yourself. But we're saying that it's really useful if you're going to have to deal with a difficult situation to see it as it truly is. So that you're dealing with it as it is. I think often when we're overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings, if we really step back from it, we're not seeing the situation accurately. We're seeing it on how how we want it to be, how it should be, you know, shoulds and shouldn'ts or all. And that is often what leads to the overwhelm is because you're the way you want it to be is at odds with the way it really is. And it's like, well, who's going to win that war? You're fighting life. So you're really saying... Is my view gonna gonna um, am I gonna win that battle? And it's like no, you won't win that battle. You have to see it as it is, and then if you want to affect change in that situation, you can start to think, okay, what's what's the best way of me being and showing up, and what do I need to do in order to to affect that? That's a lovely way for us to finish today's episode. Um... Thank you once again for taking the time for you uh, to listen to us. Um, as ever, we hope that you found something of interest, of use from today's episode. And if you have, then we look forward to you joining us for episode four. Um, if, like Suzanne and Grace that we've had uh, today, if you have any questions, as we say, please get in touch. The email address is hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. That's hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. Okay. Um, and we say this at the end of it, each episode, and I'll keep saying this, we want this to be a growing community of us. We want to hear different voices, different experiences. If you want to get in, get in touch and be part of a future podcast, please, please do, you know, reach out to Steve and I. Um, we have started this podcast because we believe that 
this understanding that we're hopefully communicating and starting to build upon can have such a massive impact on happiness on well-being on on, on our mental health um more voices more experiences more understandings will bring that to life to more people who are coming from different experiences and backgrounds than steve and i we are conscious of of that so thank you once again steve thank you for everything that you've openly uh honestly and vulnerably shared with us we, we very much appreciate it um steve look after yourself thank you and thank i look you. forward to seeing you and speaking together on episode four yeah brilliant take care thanks gareth thanks everyone bye